Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. Vince here. I'm here with Darren and Libby. Control freaks? No. Surprisingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's another episode. I'm putting it in the notes. I cannot go to Control Freaks on the 11th episode. I watched a documentary. It was called Before the Flood. And the reason I found this documentary so interesting was because one of my daughters has been working on a project about the great plastic island out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So we've been trying to do our part, and more importantly driven by her, but I was really quite woken up when I watched the uh, Before the Water documentary, and it follows uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, he goes around and he was named climate ambassador by the United Nations. So he spent the last two years flying all over the world and experiencing all the different forms of global warming, i.e. warming, cold where it shouldn't be, droughts, um, floods. And it was just so almost disturbing to hear some of the stories and some of the people who are fighting against it. And some of our world leaders and the people who control mostly the large petroleum companies, petroleum-based products. And they spend billions lobbying so wide the fact that global warming even exists. And it almost made me sick that I get if you are a leader of a petroleum company and that is how you make your money, but to be spending billions fighting something you know exists, it almost seems asinine. I think I've been speaking for quite a while on this. Darren? What? What? You're just sitting there listening. I thought you were going to continue on about it. Well, I could. I could continue on all night about it. Once most people are really made aware of it, most people try to be, but it's hard to be. Like, we are forced plastic. We are forced everything. Everything we get is wrapped in something that you can't get rid of. I think we can try it really hard. I don't know. Can, but you know what? It's so convenient. Cheap. It's cheap and it's convenient. And actually, I was talking to a very good friend the other day about it, and she's really making an effort, like bringing her own boxes to Bolt Barn to purchase stuff, by, so not using the plastic bags. But, you know, as a, as a mother of multiple children, it's really very challenging because it's so convenient and everything is wrapped multiple times in plastic. Mm-hmm. But at least we attempt to recycle, although I read today that we can't afford to recycle, apparently, in Ontario, so that's rather sad, but... I don't really know a lot about that story. Well, a lot of people who think they're recycling, you'd be very shocked where a lot of that's actually going. You see people that are recycling, they separate their glass and everything. You know, I I don't know. Do your part as much as you can, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when it comes to plastics, like basically China's not buying, or not, they're not taking a lot of the mixed plastics anymore like they used to so i think uh halifax nova scotia maybe maybe nova scotia they're starting to burn their plastics now the provincial law bars them from actually dumping um these recyclables yet there's no one that's taking them anymore no, I heard that China had stopped taking them. Yeah. Burning them is just like... Can imagine how many... Well, that's they're just, incredible. They're terrifying. saying it's just starting to become a problem. It's going to be a massive problem very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, horrendous. Uh, 
most recycling programs like the city of Toronto or wherever, all of those programs were based on the assumption that mm. a certain percentage of the recyclables would be cardboard and newspaper, which is apparently quite valuable if you're a recycler when you resell those goods. But now nobody's reading newspapers and a lot right. higher per- percentage yeah. of the recyclables are plastic. Yeah. And it's becoming much more expensive for them to process. And as we've already mentioned, um, they're running into walls where they literally can't get rid of these plastics anymore again. So it's going to be the same old problem and they're going to have to start dumping it. And of course, plastics last a thousand years or something like that. So, yeah, you know, my feeling is the writing is on the wall for producers. So they're good, we're going to have to find an alternate means to uh, package these products and, and quickly. Mm. It's going to become a crisis. That's my feeling on it. Have you ever seen that garbage patch island? You ever seen anything on it, the size of it? Oh, I've seen images. It's awful. Do you know how big it is? Right. An island or just a part of the it's, Pacific it, Ocean? Yeah. It's a part of, of the Pacific Ocean that's part of the plastic. Yeah. yeah. 270,000 square kilometers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, a, it's a problem. We don't even have the resources to clean it up because of where it is and where do you bring it? What do you do with it? Well, Elon Musk uh, shot a Tesla into space. Um, oh, are they going to shoot, start shooting it in space? Well, what's the other option? You yeah, know, I don't know. There is no other option. Wouldn't it just all rain down? Is, wasn't that one of the issues? Well, you shoot it far enough, it ain't going to come back. No, I suppose not. Yeah, yeah. can you imagine what's going to happen when you tell petroleum companies and plastic companies and we can now shoot it? Let's charge them. <laughs> a million dollars a foot. Keep making plastics. Tax it. Man can find almost anything to make something out of, but you can't do it out of plastic. It is just petroleum-based. Yeah, but everything's made out of plastic now. I guess it is, yeah. It really is. It's the heart of the throwaway society, right? Yeah. I mean, even 30, 40 years ago, you buy a fridge and it lasts... It would last you half a century. And now you buy a fridge and... It's made out of plastic components, and it's made to fail in five years, so you have to buy another one. That's the way all the companies are going, where they don't want to sell you one product for life. They want to, you know, they want to sign you up so you continuously have to buy the product. So they design the, the product to have a, a short lifetime and to fail. And in, in the process of doing that, it creates even more plastic waste. I mean, that's the bottom line. I, I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> yes. Is there a solution? I don't know. Right? There's no money in the cure. The money's in the medicine. Well, you know, <laughs> if you're a company and you make fridges and you, everyone bought your fridge and now nobody needs to buy another one, I, I don't know, right? Like, I guess you don't need to exist anymore, right? That's part of the problems they've been dealing with. And some countries are very forward-thinking when it comes to waste. Like, yeah. Don't quote me on it, but I think Sweden's Sweden, almost... Sweden's number do? one. Okay, give me an example. Uh, over 100% of Sweden's power comes from windmills. On, yeah, yeah, on good okay. days, over 100% Yeah, but let's talk about waste. Probably waste is going to be the United States or China, right? You can be a nice green country or, or give that impression, but who knows? Maybe China's been buying all your uh, plastics. As long as you ship it off and get rid of the problem, then you're, you, know, you look like you're the, the savior, but it's not always the case. Out of sight, out of mind. So they are moving towards zero waste. Sweden. Uh-huh. Sweden. They recycle nearly 100% of their household waste, and they even have to import waste to have something to burn. 
Okay, so when they recycle it, where does it go? Oh, hang on, hang on. Does any of it get shipped out? That's what we want to know. That's the real clincher. It's the, it's in a recycling revolution. Fifteen barges a week go to China. <laughs> well, I don't know, right? Because they pay them to take it. So they have recycling stations no more than 300 metres away from any residential area. They separate their waste. Do you say no more than 300 metres? Yeah. What? 2.3 million tonnes of household waste was turned into energy through burning. They imported 2.3 million tonnes of waste from Norway, UK and Ireland. They burn it. They burn it. They burn it. Heavy metal emissions have been reduced by 99% since 1985. So they burn it and clean the smoke. I guess so. I, I, I'm just really skimming this article very quickly. Yeah. So, I don't know, from a practical point of view... They do a lot of composting. I would say that eventually there's going to be a lot more burning of waste. The saving oh. grace in all of this is the hope that, you know, they institute a cleaning program so when they burn it, all the, all the um, poisons get removed from the smoke before it gets released in the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I'll bet that's very, very expensive in a lot of these poor Everything's countries. Everything's expensive now. Yeah, but, the, but I believe like one of the big issues with the whole climate program and they were talking about was that some countries are so poor, you know, in particular India, who produces up there, you know, it's tops as far as what it produces in waste. Oh, and waste. plastic and burning of right. and CO2. They don't have the money to fix it. It's not a problem they don't recognize. They just don't have the financial means. And especially when United States, where everybody looks upon the U.S., and they're not really doing a whole lot about it, and they are one of the top producers. So why do we have to? And increasingly less, I understand, to Trump. We know people that have abs- they have never recycled anything in their lives. Not a cult. It's just not not a culture down there. My uncle lives in Florida, and they don't even recycle beer bottles. Oh no! no. You can't even take beer bottles back. Right. Do that. You don't in the UK either. But, but they are very good with recycling. Oh, it's not even available. It wasn't oh, even no. available when I was down. That was many many years ago. It might be now, but I will. And he also lives rural. It, it could be in the city, so it's not all Florida. But it's nowhere close to being available. I don't believe for some people. I love composting. That's my favorite. Well, I mean, they're smelly and they bring animals around. Yeah, it's smelly, but it's an amazing way to decrease yep. your garbage. Yep. It is. We compost and it's halved easily. Yeah, carry There on. was a great documentary about New York and their uh, sewage system, mm-hmm. how they revamped it, and uh, a lot of that is composted and. Um, oh really yeah yeah yeah. i I just found it really interesting wow that's really cool there is a lot of work being done behind the scenes like well like infrastructure work you can't see and stuff like clean up and well a great example about india is they're still trying to bring in septic systems or most uh, dwellings in india don't have toilets right so they're open open ditches and yeah uh, yeah I know there's a massive program and has been a massive program underway in India for years in implementing a, some type of septic system. Wow. Which is really the first step towards getting the water cleaned up. Yeah. Because right now it's all raw sewage that goes into... Yeah. Getting your drinking water cleaned up. 
Well, in the rivers and all that, yeah. right? Like yeah. The oh, Ganges. The Ganges. Well, they're they're oh, bathing in, in the same water they. So you, yeah, you get that implement, you clean up the water, the waste comes next. Yeah. You know, sure, there's a billion people in India, and that's that's the problem. It's going to take decades, but to, you know, the hope is, I guess, that places like Sweden will start importing waste from India and burn it, and they have the high grade chimney systems that clean the 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 smoke and yeah yeah you yeah. know like try to burn it with minimal hydrocarbons and poisons released into the air i mean that's i i almost feel that's probably the best we can hope for other than just burying all the plastic with the intent one day to dig it all up again and find a way to to deal with it oh is that the, the intent <laughs> oh well, plastic <laughs> so lasts for so long right? i know yeah i guess Oh, how awful. Like, you know, I dare say I almost wish it was never invented in the 50s. But well, I'm sure lots of people are saying you that. You know, some people might disagree and point to, like, I'm, I'm, huge and imp- important things that, you know, rely on plastic. You know, I guess that that's true too, right? What's the balance? I don't know. I know. Plastic's incredible, though. I can remember my early days when I was in food service many, many years ago, and I remember when glass and plastic basically transferred over in food service. And it was, like, Monumental. it's lighter. Yeah. Lighter, shipper. It You can form it. It fits into boxes better. Yeah. It doesn't break. Like, I can remember going through lots of times where I love plastic. Yeah. But the other side of it is it's extremely it's... toxic. And we're and, drinking it, apparently. And, and from what I've heard, I've just heard from chemists and such, like, friends, and they, they basically say, you know, plastic is essentially a liquid. Eventually, it gets absorbed in your system, and it... And once it's in your system, it doesn't get out. There's a lot of conjecture that a lot of the sicknesses that have happened or are occurring because of plastic are related to plastics. Absolutely. You know? They say they leach into your. I even told the kids a little while back that uh, I want you to drink everything out of glass now. Peyton goes, "What if I break it?" I'm like, "I won't give you trouble." Because especially heated, heated liquids. Well, I've never, yeah, I've never had a heated liquid in plastic. But you know, I remember when I was a kid, we used to microwave like oh. leftovers yeah. with saran wrap over top. Yeah. My mom still does For that. For years. Yeah. My mom does too. And then I tell her not to. So I don't, I was quite strict with my mom when she was over last. I was, I was like, what are you doing? It was, it was like gross. You could almost see the saran melting. Well, it I'm does. Like, oh, it, it, remember it forming to the food? Yeah, remember yeah, thinking yeah, that it wasn't yeah. cooked until it formed to the food almost? <laughs> It was oh like it would peel off, but it would all the all the air would come from oh, under it. It would all be so more running me a shrink wrapped food, and, and you thought it was cooking. High school girl, I think, or even maybe in grade school, heard about it maybe ten years ago, and she did a science project and she was studying the leaching of plastics into food. Yep. The interesting point that she brought up that I never knew about, you get the same issue. In the freezer. My sister still does it, actually. They, yeah. they have uh, frozen water bottles. Yeah. Right? And then when it's a hot summer day, you pull the frozen water bottle out of the freezer. You drink it through the tank. You know, when you're in the car and three or four hours later, it's cold water. That is apparently a big issue uh, if you freeze a liquid in the freezer in plastic. The plastic leaches into the liquid quite significantly. Yeah. Great. Don't tell the Tupperware people that. Tupperware, ice cube tray. Because everybody 
freezes things, puts them in Tupperware and well, freezes them. Well, we don't them. use Tupperware anymore. We use glass. We use glass. And Ziplocs. We use Ziplocs. We, we use yeah. a lot of Ziploc containers. And well, you can't kids, not with kids, right? Got, and especially we've got kids. tiny kids. We've got shelves full of plastic I know. Ziploc containers. You I can't know. get rid of them. So no. what did they do in the 50s? I don't know. Like before plastic, you know, or 40s? Saran wrap. We used to wrap everything. Brown paper bags. We never had those Ziploc containers when we were kids. Like, almost like wax paper. You know how you... Well, you remember in the 40s? Dinner. If you were a metal you, worker, You'd wrap it in paper. The wife would send you off with the sandwich and cheese wrapped in wax paper in yeah. a paper bag. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I almost think full circle is probably where we're headed. Oh, paper is much, yeah, much better than plastic. In terms of durability throughout the day, like oh, if yeah. you're a metal worker yeah. going out with your sandwich and the paper... Well, a metal lunchbox. I think met, a lot of people have steel and metal. But instead of saran wrap, it was all it was always wax paper. Mm. I can remember always used. always a paper bag. Yeah, always carrying lunch with paper bag. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Fortunately, it's going to be you know, our kids or our grandchildren who are going to have to deal with this because. Yeah. They say it's a real issue. I think it kind of is. It's it can be really scary when you look at some of it. Well, in Asia, it's going to have no fish by 2040, I read. Well, just... It's all linked, right? 70% of the world's population lives near water? Yeah. Well, probably. Well, of course. Yeah. 50 years, Florida won't exist. Or London. Well, that's what the thing... Right. Well, that's why you don't buy a, a house on the ocean. My dad really seriously Skyped, and he said, Canada is the best place to be because of climate change. And that, that was all he said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, he lives by the coast in England, so they're, they're hosed. <laughs> Although he does live on a hill. They'll have lots of time to evacuate. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is he's old enough he won't have to deal with it. No. I doubt that's going to happen in 10 years, or 20 years, 30 years. I don't know. W- wakes, you, wakes you up to it, though. Makes you look at it. Makes you wonder. I wonder how they can ever change it. You can't. You got to change. You got to start early. You got to start changing kids and hope. But kids are changing. Yeah, they are. But they're still being bombarded with, like we said, plastics everywhere. Oh, I know. Like, I mean, look at our house. It's you can't plastic. Well, yeah. I don't think I've bought one new plastic thing. I think it's all certainly with toys. Everything I've bought is from yard sales or mum sales. That doesn't make it a lot better but it does make it slightly better oh. at least you're not putting it straight into the dump oh right as far as some of the recycling in that yeah I'm, I throw something out just because you don't want it yeah. I mean that's active recycling when you're actually using something that someone doesn't want anymore because mm-hmm. wow children's toys that's a lot of plastic where's bitcoin at just do that quickly um 3900 3900 oh. is where bitcoin's at this week um, yep All right. At which point I'm going to buy 10. I know you. Well, why not? 1,000? Oof. Well, maybe not, actually. I can't afford that. I'll buy, I'll buy at least one. I'd buy, th- I'd buy three, put it in the wallet, and never look at it again. Darren, you remember a while back, I think it was episode one or two, where we talked about a couple of the other cryptocurrencies that we invested in? Yep. Ripple. Remember our Ripple conversation? I do remember Ripple. And I really like Ripple. Well... I haven't looked at that Ripple for the longest time. Oh, it's probably doing really well. I remember when I bought it, I bought it at no, 102, and I sold it at 353. 
And that's the only money I've ever made in cryptocurrency. Yeah. But you still have some? Uh, yeah, I kept a little bit. You kept half. I kept half. I do not know what it's at right now. I'm trying to look, but a I A million billion dollars. Oh, here it is. Oh, 57 cents. Yikes. You bought it at a buck? Bought it at a buck, too. Okay. So, well, all crypto's down right now, right? It's hugely low. Yeah, that's... It's, it's, a, it's a fake crypto, really. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Oh, I love Here it when we, we get go. into Ripple. Here we go. A fake crypto. Well, it's not decentralized. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Would you like to coin that fake crypto? No. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's just in my view of crypto, Ripple kind of is an outsider. Doesn't really fit within the terms that I define a crypto as. But that's not to say it's not a nice crypto. If it makes you money, it makes you money. And that's what I like. Kind of half out of the ripple and then you bought. <laughs> Luna. Yeah, it's probably not doing well. Either. Where's Luna? Are you looking? Oh, I'm almost afraid to look. I honestly don't. Everything's re- down. So I don't honestly don't remember where it was at when I bought it. You bought it at 11 cents. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. It's or- now point. It's 5 cents. Oh, shit, the bed. What the hell? Oh no, Ripple went down by half. Everything went down. By half? Yeah. <laughs> it, it did. It's, it's re- everything's down. And that's okay, because it's a long-term game. Good time yeah. to buy. It's a great time to buy if you had any money to buy. Well, after you pay your electric bill and your <laughs> mortgage and your kids and your cars, if you got anything left, get some food and then buy a little bit of crypto. Good luck if you got anything. Well, in Canada, you get nothing left. Well, I don't. See, but now your risk is cut in half because you've diversified from one coin into two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've diversified. Okay, well, we ending this? Are we allowed to end this? Sure. Um, yeah, it's been a quiet week. I kind of apologize for no real uh, education on Bitcoin this week. We do want to keep talking, and our big conversation was global warming. Come on to our Twitter site. Let us know if you agree or disagree that it's a problem we need to worry about. Thanks for coming out, everybody. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.